The world's most advanced color correction tool for Mac just got more powerful. DaVinci Resolve from Blackmagic Design. With XML import, export, multi-layered timelines, curve grading, noise reduction, stabilization, 3D alignment, OpenCL, and more. DaVinci Resolve is available from $995. Current users can download the updates for free. And try DaVinci Resolve Lite, a reduced featured version that's still packed with power. Visit www.blackmagicdesign.com. What, in addition to the right equipment, does it take for the job of film editing? Welcome to The Cutting Room, the official podcast of AOTG.com. I'm your host, Gordon Burkell, and this week we're going to finish off my panel from New York on Transmedia or the Interactive Media Project. So, we have, of course, Adele, Oscar, and again, Evan, talking about their work, and they're going to talk about Wilderness Downtown. We're going to also let you know we have a scavenger hunt coming up. If you are looking to have fun in your edit suite... If you're looking to uh, get your assistance a little break, we're going to be hosting a scavenger hunt online. So you basically have to either take photos of stuff and tweet it, or you have to find something on a web page and then share it with everyone on Twitter. So go to aotg.com hunt and check that out. And we're also going to be doing a live chat in September which is coming up. We're in the process of working on that, so we'll hopefully have that set up for you in the coming weeks. In the meantime, if you haven't already, check out that post show with uh, Kanan. We've got some great guests on. You can also check out, there's a new uh, post-production podcast, and that's Going Postal. So check that one out too. In the meantime, enjoy my panel from New York. Now, I, I want to touch on something that you've touched on for, for all of us here is uh, and that's data mining, because everyone sees it as like a bad thing, but how is it a tool for you guys? I mean, it depends what your purposes are and what you're actually mining. I mean, I don't see anything problematic in this one. This is just great. You know, you're creating a frame and we don't store anything about you that you don't want. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like... It, Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, we're not really, you know, we're gleaming things about your session for use here. We need to know who you are for clearances. And that's the thing. It's like it, it, we have a generation of people who don't read terms of, terms of service or the, uh, the license agreement. Every person in this room breaks the law every time they click I agree on a piece of software, which could be a few times a day. And here we needed to contact people after the fact to put them in a documentary uh, or to get their, their permit. Well, actually, we did not need anyone's permission to do anything, but we own all of that individual work. And I don't think people really thought about it, and I think this goes for everything that we do. If it's good enough, no one cares. Yeah, yeah and I feel like if you respect the audience enough um, and ask them for the right reasons and they understand how you're using that information, people are okay with that. I mean, the sequel to Hotel 626, Asylum 626, it uh, asks you to uh, share your Facebook and Twitter accounts, but that was actually an integral part of the story. Yeah, like, if your friends screamed into the microphone while you were being chased by an axe-wielding maniac, or sorry, a chainsaw-wielding maniac, then he would get distracted and you would yeah. be saved because your friends were participating. So, but I think, you know, if we then used that to start to spam your wall, then it then would be, it would be totally not, not, not good at all. And the same thing, we had the telephone call there. If they started to use that number to call you every time there was a new flavor. I mean, that would be awful as well. So you have to be like respectful and use it somehow to augment the experience and not, you know, 
But you weren't doing the hard sell either, right? You guys weren't hitting people over the head with the, there was no room where Doritos are attacking you. <laughs> and if you look on screen, well, which you can't see, yeah. we wrote buy the album in gray on gray on a black background. <laughs> that was the whole call to action to go and buy the album was this in the bottom left-hand corner. And if that that's not subtle. respectful to the experience that we're really trying to give people, like experience, experience, buy the album, yeah. you know, is, is, is really a footnote there. And I think the best, the best kind of fan engagement experiences really can stand on their own, even if you remove the brand. The brand is paying for the attention. Now, because, uh, so every, you know, whenever I talk to companies doing these types of projects, uh, a lot of times, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking like a Doritos company or something, a lot of them don't understand the brand engagement mm -hmm. element. They're always just like, can we do a Facebook page or can we do a Twitter page? Mm -hmm. So how do you even get them started on this path? I mean, that's a common problem. I think you, you, you just see other brands do things online and you, oh, we want to do that too. But then, okay, so if you want to talk there, you need something to talk about that people care about. And that's the problem mostly. They just want to talk there. They don't know what they want to say and how they want to engage people to actually listen. So, yeah. yeah very often we're asked to build a mall in the desert, right? A really <laughs> beautiful place that's air-conditioned, may have a food court with an orange mm -hmm. Julius, I don't know. But no one knows that it's, that's a generational joke that no one knows. <laughs> what is in an orange Julius? Go, everyone go look it up. Still Their logo made brown, orange, and green work together. Yeah. Um, but you're, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a major problem in that very often now we find ourselves, even if the idea comes in or it is fan engagement, we want to know what the, um, what the media spend in and what the marketing is. Because if people are not going to be made aware about it in a sustained fashion for something like this, it took 10 days to get 1,370 submissions. So imagine a brand like a Doritos who paid money in 10 days, it's a ghost town on the site, no pun intended, it's gonna freak them out. So there's an education to a client of what to expect and what are the parameters that make it successful. And if they're not gonna check all the boxes that are gonna help make it successful, then it's not like, oh, they're not gonna make it successful so we don't wanna do it because it doesn't make a good case study, but we'll fail. And then we're forced to look at analytics. This happens all the time with a client, like why is the bounce rate so high? And we rack our brains, and you look for technical problems and reasons and bandwidth, and the analytics tell a story that no one cares, yeah. and no one wants to hear that. And I guess explaining bounce rate for people who aren't... Oh, bounce rate <laughs> of the people who come to a site and spend less than 10 seconds and just yeah. leave. They bounce. We've got to bounce. Yeah, they, don't, they didn't know what it was they accidentally clicked on, and then, oh, this is not for me, or I don't right. have time, yeah. or whatever. Where they hear about a site, that, oh, that sounds sexy, and they go to it, it's like a wall of text. Now, sometimes it is an architectural problem to draw people in, and, yeah. and most of the time... Tweak things to fix it, but usually, I mean, that was the thing with Hotel 626, though, is that I feel like because the client was so brave and committed to the idea that even without a huge media spend, it was still successful. If they had have shied back a little yeah. bit, even a media spend couldn't have yeah. saved yeah. it. Agreed. But yeah, when you don't have media, you don't get anyone to go there. But media is not the sole actually to have people stay. Even though we have a lot, Agreed. like you said, they will still bounce if it's not interesting to them or it feels like it's relevant. So. It's about community, yeah. right? It's about engaging each other. But it's even harder when you don't have the media. You really have them all in the desert and no and one... this had none. Yeah, but, but it's a yeah. fan base that's Exactly, installed. but you have the, the... It's very interesting, so people will start to talk about it because it's amazing. Yeah. I was a statistic on your site that I made it bounce in the morning and then went home and spent the time with it. Yeah. 
And yeah, that was also that. something I felt like they were super brave. We told them, okay, the name came actually because we said, okay, but it's a horror site, so it has to only be in evenings. So when people, we don't want them to look at this at work. Right. It's not going to be like we want them to actually sit down and spend time and. So that's, yeah, that's why it's only open from 6 in the evening to 6 in the morning. And for someone to say, well, we're going to make a marketing site for you, but no one will be able to go to it <laughs> during daytime. And then it's like, yeah, but they, they went for that too. So, I mean, you could change your computer clock if you had grown up in the basement and know about that. But, you know, so. I was wearing a tinfoil yeah. hat and said okay. basement, yes, of course. Now, so we touched on the community there. So when you're developing a project, at what point do you start engaging the community or engaging the idea of bringing them in? And That's very different, I would it say. It depends yeah. on the what project. What kind of product it is. But it's always good if you have that, find that hook where it makes sense. But it can also become a little bit forced when you see a lot of examples when it's actually like squeezed in. You feel yes. like this is not, it doesn't really make sense. But we have all these things that you want people to do. But why would they do them? So. We usually do it, uh, we've done a lot of fan engagement or crowdsourcing, not exactly like this, and that's uh, another mandate at our companies. We're never allowed to duplicate this ever again. It's been done by us and, uh, and a bunch of other people now, but we're not allowed to do drawing tools. You're not going to see anything like this. So the good challenge, again, those limitations, client comes in asking for the spirit of this, we get it, and we'll generate something. And normally if it's like fans telling stories, we did a site for VW for their 60th anniversary, we will go out and find the real people, but we'll produce the first 50 videos. In this, it was art schools and art programs and other people that we knew um, to just seed it a little bit. So with this kind of fan engagement, we need a seed because a good seed for a project like this um, is the tutorial. It is the example of what you're supposed to do when you arrive. And so very often, if, the, if we don't want to just start from scratch, we will help the creation, but not fake it. Right, if it fell flat, it fell flat after the first 50, but it, it worked. Now, um, in, in case of, of the wilderness downtown that we were talking about before, and we have an example here, um, you not only had Arcade Fire, but you also had Google involved. So when you have this sort of, uh, I guess, trifecta or you know, triptych, how do you approach getting the technology engaged into the system with the artist? Um. I'm not sure. Really. I got the how? Well, I guess I guess let's show the the yeah, wilderness downtown uh, for those who haven't some. seen it. Um, <laughs> if you can give a bit of the background and yeah. explanation. Yeah. So this is actually probably we both kind of yeah. are involved in because we shot some live action yeah. for this. Yeah. So it's again Chris Milk that had you know invented this one and very you know driving force within online cool stuff online or say successful things online. So he had the. Worked together with uh, Aaron Koblin at Google Creative Labs, and they, you know, wanted to do a music video online that actually incorporated Google, uh, yeah, the maps. Has everyone seen this one? Yeah. yeah. This one will give you. This yeah. one's also live, and it'll give and, you chills. Yeah. And speaking of, of projects that people call and want done again, this, yeah. this is the yeah. record. For any for sort of thing you ever <laughs> can think of, this wants to be done, but yeah. it, yeah, it we don't be done understand yet. why yeah. it fits, but. So, yeah, so we're we actually going to show this as a video just in yeah. case. Or do uh, we have a case study or should we show uh, which one is Should we show the real thing first? Yeah, yeah let's show the real yeah. thing. It's a great it's, song anyway. Yeah, okay. awesome. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, great basic, album. I think you will understand. But it's a music video uh, that you, you know, becomes yours because it's about um, your childhood, basically. The song is about that. It's about growing up and the suburbs, which was the album was called. Uh, and you punch in your address and then everything takes place around where you grew up, basically. Or... Yeah, so imagine this is your childhood home. Yeah. 
jealous of that. Awesome. <laughs> Learn your JavaScript. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, I mean, it's, it's hard to understand the, like, to re recreate the emotional impact of that. I recommend you try it out with your own address. Yeah. And, you and you'll can, see how it's different in the real time compositive. Compositing is different every time as well. So. Yeah, it essentially makes the music video about where you grew up, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, Chris Milk uh, did an extension of this after this was this went live, but a year later, the Wired um, exhibit. He had a machine where those postcards you can yeah. write to your for your younger self. Yeah, we should point that out when you that bit when someone drew uh, the user who captured the video wrote the wilderness downtown. You actually encouraged to write the postcard to yourself when you young your younger self when you grew up. So. Um, he, he made the paper that came out of this event, it was embedded with seeds, if you planted the postcard, a tree grew. Yeah, and, we, and then the machine actually went to tour, on tour with the band too, right? Uh, so the, the cards were printed in the you know, lobby or whatever. So cool. Yeah. And there was actually a code on them too, so you could go onto the site and reply to somebody's postcard if you'd got the physical one at the show, so it was kind of a nice loop. So that was my panel from New York. Remember, we got a scavenger hunt coming up, aotg.com slash hunt. We've also got uh, a live event coming up in September, which is going to be online for people to enjoy. I would like to thank uh, Manhattan Edit Workshop, the American Cinema Editors, Oscar, Adele, and of course, Evan. If you have any questions, you can always tweet us at Art Guillotine. You can always get us an email, info at aotg.com. Or you can always uh, get us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Art Guillotine. I'm Gordon Raquel. Thanks for listening. <laughs>